Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. In the age of online retail, buying a car should be no different. That's why Carvana invented a brand new way to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made a purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door. Or you can pick it up from one of their coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy ensuring you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check out the nation's fastest-growing auto retailer at Carvana.com. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everyone, this is John Roga from Movie Talk. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape. And it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live action series and high school musical the musical the series a very meta take on the beloved film franchise it's no wonder disney plus has become one of the most talked about streaming services of 2019 so don't miss out sign up for disney plus now and start streaming all this great content today stay little chico pitbull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on a Friday edition of Collider Movie Talk, we've got the Independent Spirit Awards announcements to talk and nominations to talk about, rather. And Janelle Monet has got a cool new film called Antebellum. Uh, and then Ben Affleck. Well, what is he up to next? Let's talk about it all here on Collider Movie Talk. 
that logo is out of here. Come on, logo, go away. We got stuff to talk about. All right, hey everybody. Uh, my name is John Roca. I am sitting in for Perry Nemiroff. Happy birthday, Perry Nemiroff. Well, well. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Whether whether you're in Cabo or you're back stateside, hope you're enjoying yourself and celebrating it today in a good way. I am sitting in for her to host today's live edition of Collider Movie Talk. I talk. I'm excited to talk about the Independent Spirit Awards. I'm excited to talk about Janelle, Janelle Monae's Antebellum, and I'm excited to talk about Ben Affleck's next movie. There's a lot to get into, but you don't want to hear just me talk about it. So let's meet the two gentlemen who are riding shotgun with me in this long Chevelle, Chevy Chevelle right there. Jabby Kawhi, how are you, my man? I am great. I would love to just hear you talk today. <laughs> What's with the hair? Usually you got the hair up. I mean, I'm, what, I'm getting happened? a haircut right after the show, man. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. That's the, the highlight of my day. That's the real life <laughs> stuff you tune into here for a live edition yeah. in the morning on Collider Movie Talk. And this gentleman right here, Jeff Snyder, has been up since 6 a.m. watching The Mandalorian. How are you, guy? <laughs> I'm good. And you know what? You look wonderful. You don't need a haircut. Keep it. You look that. beautiful. Thank you. How's the Mandalorian Save so your far? Hair. Um, uh, the Mandalorian, I have not seen an episode yet, but I'm going to. I, I haven't do. seen an episode either. I've, I, I've just been so crazy busy, man. I, uh-huh. I can't wait to you, catch up on it. You're crazy busy for half. You can't spare half an hour? No. That's insane. No. Don't go to take oh, it with you into the bathroom when you run when you're running through YouTube channels oh, and, and, and making a short film. Like you just don't have much time for that's anything. True, true, true. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got, Jeff? What are you drinking? We want to pull out a show of the fans. I was drinking some spiced apple cider because it's the holidays, <laughs> right. and I go on vacation today. Boom! You go on vacation from what? I'd love to know what you go on vacation <laughs> from. All right, well, let's get into the Independent Spirit Awards. The uh, nominations were announced yesterday, uh, and they were it was A24 scored a stunning 18 nominations for over seven films. Pretty incredible stuff uh, leading the way. The Lighthouse and one of Jeff's favorite films, which he keeps hassling me about, Uncut Gems. Uh, I'm excited to see this movie, <laughs> Uncut Gems, with Adam Sandler, for God's sakes. But The Lighthouse, a lot of people have either been all in it or out of it, uh, supporting it or thinking it's too crazy. So it is what it is. But one of the things to talk about here is, uh, according to Film Independent President Josh Welsh, 45% of the directing and writing spirit nominees are women, and 30% are people of color. Pretty incredible. And in the past, the Independent Spirit Awards have kind of like coincided with the Oscars, but it feels this year as if the Independent Spirit Awards are a little bit on their own, not necessarily trying to influence the Oscar nomination. Uh, uh, Netflix only had like three, I think, nominations. Oh, wait, sorry. The movie boasted, what's that? Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, A Marriage Story. It boasts three, just three nominations, and the rest of Netflix falls slate from the Irishman to the laundromat exceeded the independent spirits 22.5 million dollar budget cap that's what you have to you got to be under that but one of the surprises to me is jennifer lopez is nominated for independent spirit award pretty shocking for hustlers Uh, you know she's done basically mostly mainstream movies rarely uh, uh, taking a foray into independent film but certainly getting rewarded with a nomination for the independent spirit jeff how much do you put stock in the independent spirit awards do you like the independent spirit awards do you like that they highlight these kind of movies that necessarily won't get love from the oscar voters i think that it's a good thing that they exist because they do shine a light on the kinds of movies that are maybe going to miss the cut at the oscars with that 
said. I don't think that they have any influence whatsoever on the Oscars, and they're completely irrelevant as far as Oscar season goes itself. No, but what about for moviegoers? I think this is important. I don't think moviegoers have any idea what the Indie Spirit Awards are. (laughs) I don't think anyone can tell me what won the Indie Spirit Awards last year. I mean, and mm-hmm. I've never, I've never even gone to the show. I've never even been invited into the tent in Santa Monica. It sounds like a blast every year, yeah. but you know what? Until I see it for myself, I, I just don't get it. I don't get can, it. Can I vouch? Jerry, please. I want to vouch in favor of what you're saying. I didn't even know that this thing existed until this morning. So. You didn't know that the no. Independent Spirit Awards existed until this morning? It didn't mean anything to me until wow, this morning. Oh, really? Um, but I'm very curious because you brought up Hustlers. Yeah, yeah. How, why is that in, in this at all? Well, it's because through STX Films, uh-huh. so it's an independent uh, film itself through that production, and it's under the $22.5 million cap. So it gets seen, it gets, and then people vote for it. So that's basically how it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it didn't have the look of an independent yeah, but film. Sure. Who yeah. are the people voting? You know, like, it, that's... I don't know. I, th- I, would, it, I would like to think that I feel you like... You can pay to vote for the indie spirits. Yeah, but I also feel like the people who vote for these films... Maybe are the people who actually are more dialed in to this to this kind of cinema, and, and that and may be make true. An effort to highlight it, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to be, uh, you know, obviously to even understand, you know, know what most of these movies are. There are a bunch of nominees that I don't even know mm-hmm. what they are, and I consider myself pretty up to date on things. Um, the the real weird thing for me this year, as far as the nominations go, is the disparity between best feature and best director. Yeah, oh, there's only one director from the best features yeah like that, that that one out of five like that's a very weird ratio it's true it does yeah you're right that's a fair point because like when you go to the oscars most people think it's shocking when one director is not nominated Normally there's for at best least director three, who's, yeah, right exactly for the, best feature and best or best picture and best director we speak about best feature a hidden life clemency the farewell marriage story Uncut Gems. So that's between Marriage Story and The Farewell, right? I I think so. Yeah, Hidden Life doesn't have any chance there. Clemency Mm -hmm. is a small film, and the nomination is the win for them. I mean, uh, you know, Uncut Gems clearly has its fans uh, in this voting body, but, yeah, I think it's between Farewell and Marriage Story. Did you you enjoy Farewell? That was terrific. It's one of my top three films of the year. Yeah, what about you, Jabby? Did you see that? I liked it. I liked it. It was was cool. I mean, I... It's one of those things I have to be in the mood for, and when I saw it, I was like, okay, I feel like easily this could have been a 30-minute movie if you cut out a lot of, like, the life stuff, but there oh. were some there were some precious moments in there that I appreciated because, like, being getting older, I'm like, oh, I like the moments between the father and mm, daughter. I was right. like, that's, that's real nice, but, like, overall, it was a nice film, and I liked what it stood for, yeah. but uh, I just felt like it dragged in a lot of areas for me. Okay. So I haven't seen Marriage Story yet. I'll be seeing that tonight. Ooh, at a okay. Screening, so I'm excited about it. I'm going to, I got uh, the, I got the farewell as a screener. So I'll be catching that this weekend. Going to see Judy this weekend. Going to see Bombshell this weekend. Going to see Hit Little Women this weekend. And going to see Waves this weekend. So wow. I'm trying to shove it all in uh, and enjoy uh, uh, the move, some movie watching. You're, you're part of an organization though, aren't you? Yeah. And so I'm very yeah, lucky John, in that way. John gets the hookup. Yeah. The LA Online Film Critics Society is very kind to me. And Scott Menzel does a great job of reaching out to the studios and getting us these screeners so we can vote Get for me our in there, awards. Menzel. Yeah, right. yeah, you got to apply for it, like everything else. The best mm. first feature uh, category we should look at here, too. Booksmart, The Climb, Diane, and one of my personal favorites, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, The Mustang, See You Yesterday. Did you see The Mustang, Jeff? Yeah, I thought The Mustang was really good. There, yeah. there was... 
one element, one or two elements that didn't work for me, but yeah. otherwise I thought it was a beautiful movie and Matthias Schoenarts did a great job. Uh, you know, obviously Booksmart probably has the most buzz out of any of these. Yeah. Uh, although Last Black Man in San Francisco also got great reviews. It did. But the movie that I would really keep an eye on here is is Diane from Kent Jones, who, okay. who's just, he's one of us. You know, he was like a longtime critic and programmer. Diane's supposed to be fantastic. Great performance from Mary Kay Place, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, interesting. Mary Kay Place coming back into this situation. I've seen Mary Kay Place for quite some time to see her coming back into the prominence again. It's always fun to see these old, these older actresses bubble up to the surface again because you remember, oh yeah, these people made a living doing this for quite some time. And so it's nice to see them highlighted again. Did you see any of these movies? Did you see uh, Booksmart at all yet? I've, no. Okay. I've seen Hustlers. You've seen Hustlers. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you? Th- okay, fine. If you've seen Hustlers, do you think she should have been nominated here as Independence? Did you like Jennifer Lopez? I, I love Jennifer Lopez in it. I okay. love. I love the movie. I thought it was a fantastic film. It went on a little long, but like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of strange to me. It's, I'm kind of trying to get over the fact that it's considered an independent film. I didn't realize the budget was so low. Yeah, they did an excellent job with the budget they had <laughs> because it looked like you know a fifty million dollar whatever movie. Like, yeah, it looked like they spent a lot of time on it. You well, know? Look, you look at this uh, with Hustlers. You mentioned this it's usually uh, uh stx is not a factor according to indiewire at the spirit awards but they scored three nominations here for uh hustlers uh for cinematography for the director loren uh Scaferi did a great Scaferi, job yeah that. she got nominated and jeff lopez as we just mentioned let's look at the foreign feature films here parasite from south korea was nominated retablo from peru les miserables from france which did you you're seeing that this weekend jeff? i saw yesterday you saw yesterday actually, yeah didn't wasn't wasn't blown away. All right, to be all honest. right. Wasn't blown away. I think, Invisible I think Parasite Life. may have that one Sona. Yeah, I think so. I think Parasite's pretty much the odds on favorite here. And Invisible Life from Brazil. I interviewed the director of that for the deep cut, and that's coming out in the next few weeks. I'm actually and look, I, I know people may come at me sometimes. I'm very proud of what the deep cut, the people I've gotten to be on the show. The director of Apollo 11 was on the show. He's nominated for Best Documentary. The directors of American Factory have been on the deep cut and interviewed them about that documentary. Uh, I missed out on Honeyland, the director of Honeyland. We couldn't make our schedules work for that. So, like, there are some conversations. And I got to interview two of the actors from Parasite. So there's been a lot of uh, of fun doing the stuff here at Collider and doing the deep cut and getting some great uh, artists to walk through the doors and talk to them about their projects. So if you haven't uh, listened to any of those interviews and you're interested in these movies after you go see them well, listen to the interviews they really go in depth about what what inspired them to create those movies i enjoyed parasite yeah that was an intense movie right? it, it wasn't what I, what I was expecting at all based on what i'd seen <laughs> from him before i didn't realize like it was going to be a slow burn but i really enjoyed it i i, I thought it was very thought-provoking yeah did you see it yeah i i thought it was good uh i just didn't love the end what a, well, okay, oh, we can't okay. talk about we it. We can't talk about it, right, exactly. Okay. Uh, best supporting male here, let's move on to that. Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, Noah Jupe for Honey Boy, Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy, Jonathan Majors for Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Wendell Pierce for Burning Cane. If you saw the FYC episode that I was very uh, fortunate to be a guest on with Jeff and with Scott, I mentioned La- uh, Jonathan Majors and Last Black Man in San Francisco as, as kind of an outside pick, and it's so nice to see him get some love here in the Spirit Awards. Uh, what do you see from here, Jeff? Do you think these two Honey Boy nominations cancel each other out? Defoe takes this thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I would imagine with this crowd that Willem Defoe would win. Although Shia, Shia could, you know, because Shia wrote the script for Honey Boy, mm-hmm. I think that kind of gives him an edge. Okay, um, that's going to be an interesting race. We'll see what happens. Okay. Oh, sorry, I forgot one one more from the international film, the souvenir from the UK, which is weird. How does the UK film get 
in, get a, a for, international film and like UK films get nominated all the time sometimes or UK actors. That was a weird kind of line to walk uh, here. And apparently, Jojo Rabbit wasn't uh, quali- couldn't uh, wasn't nominated as well. There was an issue about it being uh, 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 it was in, it was ineligible due to its New Zealand origins, but it was eligible for foreign film and then wasn't nominated for best foreign film. Maybe it confused the committee. So there's a lot that goes into this whole thing. And also Terrence Malick's Hidden Life is getting uh, some love here from the nomination. So there's a lot of great films. Look through the Independence uh, Spirit Awards nominations list. If you haven't seen some of these films, take a chance. Expand your horizons. It isn't all just superhero stuff. There's great stuff or comic book stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's or franchise stuff. There's just great other uh, independent films going on in the world. That, check you know, out Loose. Check out Loose. That's another one, of do, course. Do you think we talked about this preview a little bit before? I, yeah. I think we talked about it. Do you think there'll ever be like an online portal for seeing this kind of stuff, like to participate in viewing what's going on at the Spirit Awards? Or is oh, that already happening? Viewing the Spirit Awards? Yeah. I think there is a way to watch it. I'm not sure. Uh, they've covered it obviously in years past. No, I mean, I mean the nominations, like oh, the, watch, the, the watching films. those films. If you get part of a, if you get, if you get into a critic society, uh, most studios will send you links to see these movies in award season. Especially if your critic society has an award show, yeah. like we have an LAOFCS has an award show at the end of the year. Yeah. So they sent. I've gotten a number of links to watch stuff in the last couple of months because. We, they want their films to be considered and uh, possibly nominated at these award shows. So if you get to be a part of it, especially yeah. having two YouTube channels where you review films, there's no way you shouldn't be part of some organization that will give you access to these links. Yeah, but like if you every year, I think AMC still does it. They do the Best Picture Showcase, yes, where you sure. can watch like the Best Picture films that are being nominated. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be great if there was an something easy to access like that for this, where you can watch what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. I know it's a fair point. Maybe yeah. in, in the future that'll be something you can sign up for through the Independent Spirit Forum. Film Awards or an mm-hmm. Independent Spirit Film Society. I don't know what the organization is that nominates uh, these awards, but yeah, you can get to that. Anyway, was that? Film Independent. Film Independent. There we go. Film Independent. Uh, we can go through that uh, situation. All right. That's uh, that's the deal there. So uh, take a look. See what you think. Let us know in the comments section below what films were highlighted that you love, what films you were hoping to see, that kind of stuff, if you're into any of the Independent Film Spirit Awards there. All right. Let's move on to our second story here on Collider Movie Talk, and that is Janelle Monae's antebellum teaser that dropped yesterday. Uh, this was such an interesting one-minute teaser trailer uh, for this film uh, starring Janelle Monet. It teases a deep South uh, uh, situation going on here. Uh, it was, uh, it was, there was like months of secrecy around the project. Then Lionsgate released the teaser trailer uh, yesterday. They describe it with a one-line synopsis. Successful author Veronica Henley who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. We got present-day stuff here. We got plantation stuff here. We've got slavery. We've got a hotel. We've got a plane flying above that goes that zaps in and out of reality. So much going on in this thing. Jabby, I go to you first. Does, does this excite you as a one-minute teaser trailer and maybe do you get a glimpse of the scariness that will be involved in this uh, film? It definitely moved me. Yeah. It definitely had me wondering what the heck is going on. And knowing that it's coming from an author, like she's the main character, yeah. um, it's, it's ma- it started to make more sense as to why there was this overlap of imagery and why like it's almost like someone's caught between two dimensions or two different time periods. Yeah. I think it looks really exciting and interesting. And given that it's in the same 
like vain as us mm-hmm. and uh, get out. It, that's got me super excited. It's certainly from yeah. the producers uh, yeah. of get out and us. And uh, it's written and directed by the newcomers, Jared Bush and Christopher Renz. Um, it also stars Eric Lang, Jenna Malone, Jack Houston, Kiersey Clemens, Tungaya Chirisa, Gabori Sidibe, who is in the trailer, uh, Robert Ar- Aramayo, Lily Cowles and Marque Richardson. I hope I didn't maul any of your names, uh, but this is, I, I like it. It's also uh, apparently uh, garnering attention for campaigns with the MLK Memorial Foundation and Amnesty International, uh, as well as directing Jay Z's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Bush and Wren's garnered attention for their campaigns for M- the MLK Memorial Foundation and Amnesty International, and they also directed Jay Z's music video "Kill Jay Z." Uh, so the project, it's filming, got underway uh, in April, um, and uh, we'll see what happens with this. What's your reaction to all of this, Jeff? Do you like? Does it feel like a Black Mirror episode? It's feel like an interesting uh, feature yeah, film. Yeah, I know a little bit too much about this one, so oh. I'll, I'll tread uh, very lightly. Okay. But I think that this is going to be a pretty cool movie. Like, it's going to be like Get Out-ish. Okay. It's from the producers of Get Out. I don't know that it'll have the same success as Get Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this does have a really good cast between Janelle Monet and Kirstie Clemens and Jenna Malone. And I think when you guys figure out what is really going on in this movie, uh, you will be you'll find it pretty disturbing. Do you like this idea that she's kind of like Janelle Monae is now kind of making her a little more of her name on the acting side of things? Obviously, uh, singing wise, she's so set. But the number of films that she's been doing recently, the number of appearances that she's done, we're seeing her kind of expand uh, her portfolio as an actress. Does this excite you, Jeff? Uh, I think she's a really good actress. I thought she was terrific in Hidden Figures. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see Harriet, so I missed her in that. And I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp yet because I haven't done Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she, she, I think she could be like a real movie star if she wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I think that there are a lot of opportunities right now. And I know she's – I think she's she's taking over for Julia Roberts as the lead in Homecoming on Amazon. Wow. That Sam Esmail series. So that'll right. be a big opportunity for her. You know, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to drop any hints to give us any more insight into as to what's going on? In this? I mean, I'll, I'll give you the, the what tell you what's actually going on off camera. Uh, <laughs> if, if that's what you really want, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, I mean, this is obviously going to have a uh, social political bent to it. Obviously, considering the two directors and where they've come from, so. To see them tackle slavery, what would be a greater horror? I mean, we saw this in 12 Years a Slave, right? Being, which is, of course, a true, based on a true story and about that person getting taken and, 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 and turned into a slave, getting, you know, taken into the South. This is present day. And what greater horror could you have than to be taken and put into slavery and then look like, feel like you have no way out and all of So this to me is so fascinating to explore as a horror film because how many people have their own fears of what could happen to them in history or what would they do in a certain situation and to be put in that situation? And especially as an author, how, is she an unreliable narrator as an author? Is she creating all of this in her head and what is happening? Are they taking advantage of this kind of force, this demonic force or whatever's going on here of her ability to create scenarios in her head? Yeah, I was wondering while watching the trailer if there was like some alternate version of history that was going on at the same time mm. because of the overlap of like modern and and past stuff. Like yeah. it was it was very confusing, but in a good way. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. But as soon as you asked me that question of like fears from history, I'm like, I would not want to live in any other time in history ever <laughs> <laughs> than we do now. <laughs> yeah, because of medical science <laughs> more than anything else. That's fair. I That's mean, fair. like if you had an illness in like just a hundred years ago, <laughs> the ways of resolving it were fundamentally different. Fifty. Years yeah, ago. 50 years ago. Yeah. Polio and... Yeah. yeah. All of that stuff. What about you, Jeff? 
What, what would be your greatest fear to be caught in from history? Is there anything that you would, I mean, <laughs> Where do Look, I start? I was having a conversation. We're having a conversation Friday morning. What are we yeah. talking about? We're having a fun conversation. You tell me. You know what? I, I mean, the Holocaust is the obvious answer, but I'm, I'm glad yeah. I wasn't around and of age uh, for Vietnam because I don't think I would have done very well in the military if, if I had been drafted. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. What would you do if you'd gotten that letter? Would you have, uh, you know, been a I think, a I'd be chill, I think I'd be chilling up in Toronto right now. <laughs> 20 years later, you'd have a career as an actor. That's for sure. Well, so you, you're not allowed to talk about but what do you think that phone call thing was about at the beginning of the trailer? That's the thing that was the most eerie to me was the overlap of the phone call and mm-hmm. seeing the, the slave woman running away. Yeah. That was, like, messing me up because I'm going, okay, are there, is there, like, a connection being drawn between, like, this over here and what's going on in present day? Is that right. what's happening? Right. Uh, so, I mean, obviously they're trying to create a, a correlation. Relation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to articulate what's going on there, but yeah. like, what was your feeling about that? Yeah, I liked it too. I thought, yeah, I thought it was uh, maybe that's the way in, right? We've seen what with Ring, with you watch a video, you're dead in seven days. We've mm-hmm. seen things that in the Matrix, you could like the phone calls will got you in and out of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So maybe the phone call, and we've seen what in Winter Soldier or in all the in the Captain America movies with Winter Soldier. If you say the right combination of words in front of him, then he becomes immediately hypnotized to do whatever you want him to do. So maybe the phone call kind of is the key to getting you into that world or, or jumping you from timeline. To, if it's a dueling history situation mm-hmm. that takes you from one history into another. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, that, anything's possible that, from one minute teaser trip. That is an, a wild, outrageous yeah, theory. John's imagination's <laughs> running wild right now. I'm just saying, I thought it was more possible. of just a political statement in the beginning. That's I had no idea I was watching a horror trailer until uh-huh. like 20, 30 seconds in. I thought really? it was, yeah, well, okay. because because it just seemed like a political statement initially, and it, obviously yeah. it's going to be a political statement in the end. Right. But like, I do like the idea a lot. So yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. At, at least what I know of it so far. Well, I'll find out more after the show. Mm. Yeah, Jeff. What do you know about this? Like, how do you know so much about it? Like, what do you mean? Have you been involved? In- I handled most of the casting, I would say, for this one. What do you mean you hand? Oh, you broke the casting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll let it be at that, I guess. We'll, we'll jump into our promos now. Uh, before we do, remind you, we will take your live chat questions. It is Friday, so we'll probably answer more live chat questions than usual. So make them fun. Make them interesting. Make them weird. Don't make them about bread. No matter what Dorian is trying to tell you, don't make them about bread. Make them about something else. But uh, let's plug some stuff. Uh, Collider Mailbag is happening this week, and I host that show as well on Saturday and Sunday. Very happy uh, to announce that Sides Lesnick will be my guest for Saturday. And Ace Cabrera, one of the new co-hosts of Collider Gen- Jedi Council, will be my, co- will be my uh, guest on the Sunday edition of Collider Mailbag. I've had Jabby on before. I've had Jeff on before. Jeff, what do you got to plug? That jacket. My Lord's a flat What do you guys make what do you guys make of Roga's jacket? Break it down. Should he be in an episode of Happy Days or What's well, old is new again, son. You look good. You that's make it work, level. John. Yeah. Um, that's next level. Thank you. Um, I have. Uh, I'm, I, I am going on vacation uh, later today after I tape the Snyder Cut, so tune in later today uh, for the last episode of November. Wow. Is that, is that actually happening? The Snyder Cut? Is that actually going through? Well, he, that's the name of his podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he took yeah. that for the Snyder Cut. Uh, I am going to weigh in on the Snyder Cut stuff, you, though. You are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, jo- and J- Joker 2 rumors and Kathleen right. Kennedy. It's going to be good. Do you have any special guests? No, are you, trying, you angling for any invite right now? Rosa? No, no, I can't because I'm doing mailbag. Oh, John's so busy. I, 
As I mentioned earlier, the deep cut, uh, one of my, one of the podcasts I host here, I have Scott Z. Burns on today. That's going to drop sometime today. He is the director and producer and writer of The Report, the new film based on the CIA waterboarding techniques that were used uh, and the, ex- and the uh, report that came out about that. Adam Driver, Annette Bening, incredible. Tim Blake Nelson, currently killing it on Watchmen, part of the movie as well. More Tierney has a fantastic Two huge role. stacks of paper, this high. They <laughs> co-star in the movie. That's right, that's right. The report's billboard Tim. is uh, interesting because it's got a word crossed out on it. I'm like, what am I looking for here? That's the whole point. Yeah. Go, well, what's redacted. redacted off the no, report. No, I get it, but I'm like, I, you feel get like it, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be looking up a movie with a different title than the report. Right. You know, like there's oh. something in between the and report, and mm. I'm just like I have to decipher, it, and that's part of the fun of that was the original movie. title, the torture yeah. report. It'll be the f- yeah, right, exactly. So they do, you know, yeah. maybe it's a phone call that leads you into it. Yeah. All right, anyway, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's jump in to our last story, and our last story has to do with the great Ben Affleck. Uh, he is coming back to uh, direct here. I'm I'm kind of really excited to see what he's going to do with this. Uh, let's break it down and talk to you about it. The story is called King's Leop- uh, King Leopold's Ghost. Uh, it is uh, This is being reported by uh, Deadline. Uh, it's a story concerned with colonialism, African history, human rights violations, and the inspiring lengths that people go to when they fight for what's right. It's based on a nonfiction book of the same title by Adam Hawkschild. Uh, it concerns the horrid legacy of Belgium's King Leopold. Leopold II in the 1800s. He became wealthy by privately buying the Congo Free State, setting up mercenary armies who, pl- armies who plundered the region for resources and slaughtered anyone who got in his way. Eventually, the residents of the, of the Congo begin to fight back against Leopold's vicious rule, and Affleck's film will center on three people leading the counter cause, an Irish spy, an English journalist, and an African-American missionary. No casting for the film has been announced yet. It'll be written by Farhad Safinia, who wrote Apocalypto, which is one, of, which is a fantastic film. It'll be produced by Affleck through Pearl Street Films, and which includes uh, Martin Scorsese and Harry Belafonte amongst their list of producers. The book was previously adapted into a 2006 documentary. All right. Um, they were developing into a, a limited series, but now it's a feature film. Jeff Snyder, I go to you first. What do you know about this? Are you excited about this? Does this interest you? Nope. No, it doesn't. What? <laughs> what? At all? Huh? Really? No, not at all. Why? Uh, th- for, uh, this is, ben Affleck is like the last person I want to see tell this story in particular. Fascinating. I, I, ben Affleck, I want fun from. Okay, Argo is a fun movie. It's a serious movie. The Town is a, not fun. The Town's not fun, but I love that movie. The town Gone is, Baby Gone is not fun. Not at all. Mm, what are you talking Gone about? Baby Gone, Gone is Baby so Gone dark. It, it is dark, but The Town is fun. Really? There, yeah. What is fun about The Town? There's an element of fun. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love The Town, and I love Argo. I think that Ben Affleck is a fantastic director, especially when he's directing. And I think he's a better actor when he's directing himself. Yes. <laughs> More than when other people are directing him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he's going to handle this material because it's mm. new. It's, I've never seen him do anything like this. Right. But I do have confidence in his abilities to tell a good story. So mm. I think that it could be a lot of it could be good stuff. Yeah, um, he is, uh, just to give you some background on Ben Affleck and why he'd want to do a project like this, apparently he's been personally in- interested in African justice for some time. He founded the Eastern Congo Initiative, a group that works with residents of the area to further socioeconomic progress. So this is kind of like his passion and his move and his uh, talents coming together for a project that he wants to do. On the heels of like what happened with WB and what happened with Batman, what happened with, what was that other film that he, the Live By Night, Live By Night or whatever, 
didn't do so well. You want to see Affleck come back uh, to do to do an incredible project and do great work again and fall back in love with his abilities as a director. I watched The Town again on my plane back train trip back a uh, plane trip back from Australia. Fell back in love with that movie. He's such a fantastic director. And Jabby, you make a great point. Putting himself in the movie would be interesting. Maybe he's the English journalist. I don't want to see him as the Irish spy. I don't want to see him do an English accent. Oh, my God. No, don't do that. He does not need to be in the movie. Well, you just said he's good when he directs himself. I just don't think – I think he's a better actor when he's directing himself. That doesn't necessarily mean he should be in this film. Um, How was that film that you mentioned, the last one he did? Um, I forgot the name of it. Uh, Live by Night was bad. Live by Night was – yeah, it wasn't good. There were some good scenes in it, but overall, not a good good film. And you could tell there was distraction amongst Affleck. I just don't know who this project is for. What audience really wants to see this story – a tight – Hey, honey, let's go see King Leopold's ghost tonight. Well, look, it depends on the casting, won't it? Who is going to be the Irish missionary? Who's going to be the English journalist? Who's going to be the African-American missionary? It sounds like uh, uh, an expensive passion project that either won't get off the ground or if it does, will flop. I'll be surprised if it's expensive. Dang, you're so I, negative about I, this project, it's, it's, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it could be an independent uh, a film. It could be an independent spirit of war type of film. It could be something like, you know, for $30 million or whatever and uh, get people's 22. attention. 22.5. 20, sorry, 22.5 <laughs> or under and could get people's attention. This would probably be through a studio, so I can't imagine it'll be the, an independent the film. The presence but. of Farhad Safinia is encouraging. Right? I, I yeah. think Apocalypto is a masterpiece, even though it's not exactly known for, like, its dialogue or whatever. Yeah. But this is a fictional story, no, right? No, no, it's a true story. It's, a tr- mm-hmm. it's all a true story. Well, it's based on it's a it's a book that detailed the true story of what happened okay, here. Gotcha. So obviously it's through a perspective, but yes, it's based on a true and story. And you don't think that could become like a best picture nominee? Oh, yeah, Jabby, good like, point. Uh, I, I think this it's the kind of movie that you'd think would be a best picture nominee, <laughs> and then every year there's you know only nine of those make the cut and the rest fall away. So I, my, my my question is why is this his passion like how how did he yeah, get there he's interested in african justice and, and colonialism yeah, of congo know. i mean well, come I, on I, you know what i champion this because uh, as much as you two want to put ben Affleck in a box i like the fact that he wants to open his mind to other things and explore passions and whatever you know who knew your passion was salt shakers i only found that out the other day <laughs> who thought jeff snyder like and salt shake? Oh, okay shake, shake. all right there we go no Don't do the I, other I have one. no That's issue i have no salt. i have no issue with him exploring this i am not against it i just want to know why how how did he get right, there? How right. did you? How? Why did this? Like we know why Christopher Reeves decided to, you know, petition for the thing that he did. Yeah, in the yeah, end. yeah. You know, I mean, it was very obvious. Michael J. Fox, same thing. What, what has been Affleck's connection to that? What's what was your entry point into doing uh, Indian films and covering Indian films? It was an accident. Yeah, see, <laughs> so you never accident. know what, what pops up. In <laughs> I was your looking life. for something that was different than American stuff to share with my audience. Yeah, and Indian stuff came up by accident, and that just took over my channel. Right, that's how. So, but. But he he doesn't live in Africa. Like I I don't I just want to know how he got there. Yeah. That's all. It'd be a good question to ask him. Yeah, Jeff. Maybe you get to interview him. You can ask him, and then tell and him tell what him you think about his story. I've been story. promised a Ben Affleck interview for a decade. Okay, so I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I'll tell you this: not if you crap on his movie. Go ahead. Yeah, crap on his movie he hasn't made yet. It's a weird development project. Good luck with it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, he was the bomb in Phantoms. Oh my God! What's your favorite Ben Affleck directed film? The town, easily. Yeah. The town. I just don't like the name, I, the, but the town. Yeah. I think it should have been called Charlestown because it's based on Charlestown. But like, okay. yeah, that's the only thing. But I, but I love the film. I love the, the way it's directed. I think that um, the extended edition is even more interesting to watch. There's an extended edition? Yeah, there's an extended edition. Shut the hell up. Is yeah. that on the, on the Blu-ray? Yeah. I've never seen the extended edition. Yeah. Now, 
Forget the insider. I'm going to go watch the extended <laughs> edition of the town. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I might even say Gone Baby Gone. Yeah? Still I your thought favorite. that was great. Okay. All right. I respect Wh- that. Why Gone Baby Gone over the town? Can you can you articulate that? The town has a certain Hollywood sheen to it. Um, it's, you know, presented as like this big fr- go Friday night movie. You know, you can take your girl to or you can go see with your guys. Mm-hmm. And Gone Baby Gone seemed a little bit more pure of heart and a little bit grittier and grimier and indier. Yeah, I just yeah. liked its sensibility a little bit more. Okay, mm. fair enough. Well, we'll see what happens with this. Obviously, there's not a distributor here. There's no uh, shooting date set just yet, and casting hasn't even happened. But I agree with these two gentlemen to a degree. This is an interesting project that you wouldn't normally think Ben Affleck Ben Affleck to tackle, but he certainly proved his bones in Argo that he can direct a film to a best picture victory that is based on a historical event. So this is this is something that could uh, play in his favor, as Jabby said down the road. Maybe an Oscar nomination for best picture, or maybe Jeff's correct, the cantankerous one, and it's not. Uh, it doesn't end up seeing the light of day. We'll see. But let's move on to your live movie chat questions. You know, we always appreciate them. Dorian pulled a few uh, uh, to drop here into my Slack for us to talk about. MK Songbird and maybe I'll get your, your thoughts on this one first, Jeff. Thoughts on the DOJ's Department of Justice recent decision to end the Paramount consent decrees and the ramifications it could slash will have on the smaller chain slash independent theaters. I have no idea what this is. Not, about. not, a, you, not a big deal. Can you explain it for just for a second? Uh, I mean, back in the day, like the government wouldn't allow movie studios to own their own theaters because of, you know, competition laws and stuff like that. They call it the Paramount decree or whatever the hell it was. And so... Uh, they haven't even lifted it yet, have they? There's just someone who wants to lift it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think, like, you can see right now that the streaming wars are upon us. All the studios are moving everything to streaming. Yeah. Why would studios suddenly, like, double down on theatrical and start buying movie theaters? This right. makes no sense. The only place that it really makes sense for is either a Disney uh, you know, which, you know, they think could, like, screen their library titles and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, or you know, maybe Netflix. I, I really can't even see Apple or Facebook doing it right now. And mm-hmm. it just, I don't, I don't understand it, what it is, is a bad sign. I think for theatrical. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Disney and Netflix is exactly what I was thinking about when you said that. Is there, are they're not part of this conversation at all? I think the conversation is, is still early. I don't think, um, anyone's starting to like go look at theaters to go by. Okay. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Disney bought up theaters to start showing their library of stuff. And I heard something about Netflix. Like, you, did we talk about this on the show? Yeah, we did. Okay, there were rumors yeah. that Netflix is going to get is buying is going to buy a theater themselves. Net, so Netflix has been buying individual theaters yes. in New York and Los Angeles. But honestly, and, and this is just what I think, they don't give a, a crap whether any of us see these movies on the big screen or the or right. the general public the numbers they, they do it for voters right they do it so that right. voters can feel like they're going to a movie theater same as any other movie and and you know that the, the theatrical uh, impact is is not lost upon the voters who yeah. still care about it yeah. but to the general audiences netflix still wants them tuning in via their phones and laptops yeah fair enough all right uh paul paul pa- sorry i'm gonna say that paula andrade how do you feel the Spirit Awards gave any movie or actor a push for the big awards or on the contrary hurt anybody like Noah Baumbach not getting a nomination for direction? You said earlier that you don't feel like it has any impact or correlation whatsoever. Yeah, I, I don't think it matters at all. I you mean, don't think I, it brings I, the thing to light for some voters, some some actors to light or some creators to light no. for them to consider again before voting season? 
No. Fascinating. I okay. I don't. Um, Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, like, the indie spirits, what are they? They they take place the day before the Oscars, yes. don't they? So they have no bearing on the winners, right? Because well, the, the nominations, Mike, because the Oscars hasn't been voted on yet, right? I th- if, if, if the indie spirits do anything, people go, oh, what's this movie? I haven't heard of that movie. Or, oh, I missed that performance. Did that already come out? And then they just make sure to, to see it before, you know, Oscar voting comes. But as far as who gets nominated, I don't think that that, you know, influences who gets nominated for Oscars. It's, it's a different pool of contenders. Okay. Because, I mean, it's, they've awarded the best feature to The Artist, to Moonlight, to Spotlight, to 12 Years a Slave, and Birdman. That's only recent. And that's just the recent run. So certainly there have been winners at Independent Spirit Awards that have gone on to win Oscars as Best Picture so, or, or Best Actor Awards yeah. and Actress Awards. Well, so. One of the big complaints people have had over the years with the Academy Awards is that oftentimes these Best Pictures are things no one has heard of, right? Yeah. And so I'm experiencing the same kind of thing here. And if only there was a way that it was more accessible to the public, mm-hmm. maybe like Netflix set up a special deal with them where people can watch this uh, stuff. All these movies are in theaters yeah, though, and they're, they're available the now on, on iTunes. Like yeah. they're not, none of them are hard to find, I, I would say. Right, but in connection with the awards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like saying, oh, these are nominated for this. You can right. watch it and mm-hmm. maybe you can like participate as, a, as an audience vote or something yeah. like that. I just feel you need to work harder, Jabby. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, all I'm saying is to make it more well-known. I agree. And ubiquitous so yeah. that people can, like, so it feels, because otherwise it doesn't really have an in my opinion it doesn't have an impact yeah well and, you, i think years ago on after buzz uh, uh mance and alicia malone had an independent film show like either that or they had a section of their show where they highlighted independent films to get people to come watch them and it's akin to what happens on collider heroes when amy and coy have a comic book pull list every episode to highlight certain comics uh maybe from the, some from the mainstream but also some from independent publishers that people go and take a chance on so i agree with you there should be more highlighted on these more shows highlighting these films the problem is sometimes the ratings aren't there for those kinds of shows and the views aren't there for those kinds of shows so Outlets and sites aren't as uh, gung-ho to create those shows. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no question that the Indie Spirit Awards have good taste. I mean, they, sure. like you said, their Absolutely. winners end up becoming the Oscar winners. But I think that really just says more about the Academy mm-hmm. than the Indie Spirits. It's that the Academy cares about good stories. They don't care what your budget is. And all these other bigger movies like that have they've shunned in recent years yeah. and if in favor of those smaller titles. I'd like to see the crossover of Independent Spirit Award voters and Oscar voters. How many of them are the same Very, people? very, very few. Yeah, really? Very few. Okay, all right. Yeah, I take it from Jeff. Jeff knows these things. I, I think they got to work with someone like Netflix or YouTube or something just to get the word out there more. You're like, on there. You're on yeah. this. Though. You're not letting this go. I get no, it. No, okay. I'm not. Like with you, for instance, whenever E3 comes around, YouTube has a thing dedicated to E3 yes, to, to make it known. But it's, E3, you can't compare to Independent Spirit Awards. E3 people are waiting to see those games. Yeah, yeah. but people didn't always know what E3 was. True. Very true. And because you know, it was exclusive. Right. The yeah. other thing, John, is you know people think, oh, oh, there's a ton of overlap. You know, even if there was, yeah. oh, there's a ton of overlap between the Indie Spirit voting body and the Oscars. They're two different awards, and you're voting like just sure. because you vote for the someone to win an Indie Spirit Award, that's against their certain crop of nominees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could be voting for a completely different person for Oscars. I, I get that absolutely. I'm just saying, if you're an Independent Spirit Award voter and you get sent these screeners and you watch these screeners or go to the movies because uh, you get to these screenings for these films. 
that might change your opinion or highlight a film that you didn't think about or an actor or a performance or director you didn't think about, and that could influence your Oscar voting. And that's what I'm saying to you. It can open the door to more possibilities for your vote. Because I think people's votes are their own, you know, the ones they actually do vote, not the ones that hand it off to their assistants to vote, which I've heard happens a lot in Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah, but the, the actual vote, you yep. know. I agree with you there, actually. Yeah. That, that was that was you, you. You made a good point there because then oh, you're then you're spreading took awareness. Me Thirty-eight so, minutes. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. No, you're spreading because you're spreading awareness of a project. Exactly. Or, or an actor or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, and then maybe you do take that into consideration when you go onto the next thing to vote for. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Do they screen on IFC? I, I thought they used to screen on IFC. Yes, the this, Independent Spirit Awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can have, watch. They have Mulaney and Cruel hosting. Oh yeah, this year. Oh nice. Or, okay. I don't know if it's this year, but in, in recent years, right it's on. sort of become their thing okay luke nelson for snyder specifically what do you think was the biggest entertainment news of 2019 what will we look back on as the defining story of the year that's from luke nelson i think it's clearly disney buying fox right yeah 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 it's 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 the town becoming a five studio town okay okay not the joker Making a billion dollars off fifty-five million dollar budget. I'm gonna laugh at that. Okay. I'm gonna, you didn't even say that to me. Next. Can you can you can you elaborate on that? <laughs> Are you serious? Just even been buying Fox for two years, man. Is it is it a 2009? The fact that it's finally consummated. It's a it's a big story. Yes, I get it. But still. Yeah, because because it became implemented and. Yeah. and People lost their jobs, and that's just, for sure. That's a very good point. Yeah, Jeff. I think there's there's mm-hmm. a lot going on besides. Okay. Let's have some fun questions stuff. before you go crazy. All right, Scott Boswell asked, if you could own an iconic piece of movie clothing, what would it be? God. An iconic right. piece. Matrix, Matrix uh, Neo's uh, uh, jacket from the Matrix. The leather jacket. The leather jacket. Right yeah. on. That's the first thing that popped into my head. It's probably so, a bad answer, but that's the first thing that popped I into like my head. I like that answer. Ryan yeah. Gosling's scorpion jacket from Drive. Oh my God. <laughs> Why that? Are you making fun of my jacket? Are you kidding? If you walked in with a scorpion jacket... Is, is that a joke answer? Holy crap. Was that, a, was that a joke answer? The level of crap you would take in this hey, office. Just because in my head I am like Ryan Gosling from Drive. Are you sure? <laughs> or... or uh, I just see you being his dad. What? Or, or Kit from Knight Rider. What the car? That's a, that's not a movie. That's, that's a, a TV that's, that's show. That's a prop. Okay, it's got to yeah, be a movie. It's a, a piece of movie clothing. Brandon Lee's outfit in the crow, all ripped up black leather. I oh, if you're gonna great. go there, I would I go would with Bruce great. Lee's yellow outfit from Game of Death. There you go. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like that idea. I don't know. I think Clint Eastwood's hat from Unforgiven. I always like because it was such a big deal that his hat. Of course, the outlaw picks that one. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's a western. I love that. I love his old his whole outfit. Uh, in that. All right. Um, let's see another uh, one here. Oh, oh, K Supersonic One. In honor of the release of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, what childhood heroes would you love to see a film made about? Oh Lord, Jesus. Oh, uh, oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I got it. Mm-hmm. Captain Kangaroo, <laughs> the movie, the hidden story of Captain Kangaroo. Yes, <laughs> be very gritty. <laughs> the gritty story of Captain Kangaroo. Gritty grimace. Oh, Grady Grimace, all right. Man, I don't know, man. Like, my brain's going to weird places. I'd love to see a behind-the-scenes movie of Power Rangers and how all the drama that went behind the scenes there. For the show? For the show, okay. yeah. The very first show. Well, the very first American translation of the show. Right. Because there was all kinds of drama. When, I don't know if you paid attention to it back in the <laughs> no, day. No, that's but more like, Perry thing, Power Rangers. Well, like, three of the Rangers got kicked off the show because they wanted to become SAG, and Haim Saban didn't want it to be SAG. Oh, wow. So they replaced them, and then they went on to make a movie. And, like, there was all kinds of drama. It was a union thing. 
It was a non-union not show. A non-union show, yeah. Right. And I would just be curious to see some. Plus, behind- all the Power Rangers were having sex with each other back yeah. then. Is that true? I don't that know. That's, is, is that a legend? Legend, yeah. <laughs> well, can't have that. Yeah. It's that's, all the more reason to have a behind-the-scenes movie of the Power Rangers. That's Snyder on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, vacation. <laughs> people still people still love that show, though. They oh, still, of course they, they still do. Have, like, it still has a special place in their heart. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people go out in droves to watch that movie if there was a, you know, what happened. I don't disagree with you. You know. Sounds like a Disney Plus thing. Could they do <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know yeah. it's Disney Plus. Um, Heroes. Oh, I would love to see... A documentary about uh, Ronald McDonald, about how they created Ronald McDonald, who played Ronald McDonald, and what they experienced playing that character. And the first one, like the first guy who was known, like the first Marlboro man, the first Ronald McDonald, I would love to see that something like that. That would be interesting. I, but I like your what captain. It, what it really? <laughs> or, or the behind the scenes, an electric company documentary. Would be interesting, too. Electric Company? The Electric Company. Do you remember uh, the Electric Company? I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it's on PBS. It was on PBS. That's Dorian trying to get in one because he wants to ask. All right, here. I'll ask you a bread question, Dorian. The prince that wasn't promised, which bread would be considered independent bread? Uh, I like. You the, wouldn't even know the name of it. It would be something you pick up at Gelson's. Focaccia. Focaccia's not independent bread. That's a European bread. That's a European film. It's foreign language. It's bread. foreign language film. <laughs> Independent bread. Uh, what's the stuff in Ethiopian restaurants? Oh yeah, that, I yeah. think that's fair. It's like flat. Yeah. yeah All right. What, How about non? Well, I'm just saying because I, I think love that's non. what it was. Non. Yeah. I, that's what it is. I love non. Well, Indian non specifically. Oh okay. Yeah. So you go Indian. I bread. love non. I don't know what would be independent bread. This is such a silly question. It, well, what, welcome to Dorian's world. I'm still trying to figure out the childhood hero thing. Like the Power Rangers <laughs> thing is just something I pull out of my butt because it came to my head. But like, that's I feel, how it works. I feel like that's a better answer. <laughs> Boy, All right. Independent bread. I got a good joke for it. Go ahead, break it down. Paris Texas toast. Oh, there you go. Get it? Good. Paris Texas. Very it's an good indie, job. indie movie. <laughs> Very good job. Zeno uh, Hour wants to know which pro athlete from any era deserves a biopic. My pick is Allen Iverson. Has there been a wait? What say again? Which pro athlete? Which pro athlete deserve, from any era deserves a biopic? My pick is Allen. Has Iverson. there been a Michael Jordan biopic? There has not. What that seems the obvious way to go. Yeah, wow. I mean that that would be great. Not while he's still alive. I would. There's no way he would let that happen. No, I would personally want to see one about the basketball Jesus, Larry Joe Bird. Huh? That's but fair. But to be honest, I think Bill Russell is the answer to that question. I immediately thought Bill. Bill Russell, Russell yeah. led like a freaking crazy life. Yeah. And was, yeah, like that would be amazing. And not Will Chamberlain, although that would be a fun biopic as well (laughs) for so many reasons. But Bill Russell, you know, was on the forefront of a lot of uh, uh, the racial issues going on in the country, was also the first black player selected by the Celtics, I think, and then won all those, won 11 championships, I think, in a row. No one can lay claim to that. Plus, you'd have to cast Red Auerbach. You'd have to cast Bob Cousy. Brady, Brady would be a great biopic, too. Tom Brady? You know that'd be a great biopic. You would see that in a heartbeat. <laughs> if it was like Scott Eastwood throwing touchdowns. Scott Eastwood is not Tom Brady. Hey! I'm, I'm going to make John uncomfortable. Okay. What about O.J. Simpson? <laughs> well, can you top that seven-episode doc from ESPN? Yeah, no. That's and, one and of the most the incredible things I've yeah, ever OJ's, seen. OJ, we've seen. OJ's yeah. been done. His that life? guy's on Twitter now. Yeah. His, his life. Yeah, it's been done. That damn fool's on Twitter now. I don't understand. I feel like we've done a movie about that. We've seen movies about the end of his life. 
No. Sure. Did you, you, know, watch, the, did you watch the documentary? Have you seen the documentary, Johnny? No, no. Oh, I, I, you, watched, I watched the O.J. trial uh, oh, right. film yeah, with John Travolta. And that's great. Yeah. But if you watch the documentary, it is engrossing because it goes yeah. back to the L.A. in the 40s and 50s. Oh, wow. And talking about how that was what was the uh, uh, groundwork for yeah. the foundation he, for these. But that's not a movie. That's a documentary. But, do, a documentary. But, but even doing a narrative version of that story. Yeah. I don't think would be nearly as good as the documentary. The documentary is probably the number one masterpiece of the decade. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I have to watch that then. Thank you. I think, you know, Maradona is really interesting. Having uh, uh, Steve Capati on here uh, on Sports Time to talk about uh, that documentary he did for HBO, which I think you're still watching. Yes, I am. Um, Maradona is a very interesting character, uh, and to have him do a life story of him would be fascinating. Wait, what's the name of that? A short basketball player from back in the day. Is it Bugsy Bugs? Yeah, Bugsy Bugs. What about him? I, I actually could see that. Uh, Starring Kevin Hart. That would be fascinating. <laughs> oh. That would be a fascinating Yikes. movie, though, because he was like, wasn't he the shortest basketball player? Yes, maybe. I think he was. Yeah. And then, because uh, he played for my bullets, him and. Uh, I think Him and. Um, Manu Long. Bowl. Oh, yeah. I think they both made their way through the bullets. I, I, I would think. always try to dunk with him in NBA Jam 1995. <laughs> never, never able to make never, it, but always try. Lau <laughs> uh, asks, if you could pick any director to make any type of movie, what would your pick be? Oh, my God. I would want to see Scorsese do a Marvel movie. Wow. That's topical. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's, I've, I've wanted to see that. Like, I, I got really excited about Tarantino doing the Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, seeing a director step into a genre they have not done ever in their career mm-hmm. sounds fascinating to me, especially something of, that's, like, pop culture-oriented. Okay. So. I want to see David Fincher's Lethal Weapon. What the hell? <laughs> I want because be such a dark movie. I, I think, like, I love uh, what Fincher does, like, w- with uh, buddy sort of yeah. situations, like, in Seven... With Pitt and and Freeman, and with mm-hmm. Pitt and Norton in in Fight Club, yeah. so his take on like the buddy action comedy could kind of be really weird and messed up. Isn't well, you, that seven? That's basically seven. What you're asking for? But there's no yeah. No, it's well, Morgan Freeman's no, the older no. black guy. Yeah, there's no comedy <laughs> yeah. in that. There's no real comedy. I in don't see show. comedy in this in this Fincher. movie at all. There is comedy <laughs> in Seven, um, but that is definitely not what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a tough question for me. Any director to make any type of movie. Um, I guess I cop out and say Christopher Nolan's version of Star Wars would be interesting, especially if he wasn't, if he could step into the Benioff and Weiss slot that's opened up now and step in and do a trilogy, because obviously the Dark Knight trilogy, a lot of people love. Yeah, the third movie, there are a lot of people defend, a lot of people didn't like it, but uh, I think it'd be interesting to see Nolan's trilogy, a Star Wars trilogy, if they mm. could move into this new era and have him do one. That would be fantastic. And you know it'd be epic AF. It'd be epic AF if he did it. Mm. Mm. I, I'm, not, I'm not winning you both Is over Is that what the this. kids say? <laughs> that's what the kid. That's what the yeah. That's what the jacket tells me. The kids say. All right, we got to get out of here. All right, thanks everybody for watching this live episode of Collider Movie Talk. Really appreciate you all taking the time to watch or to listen to us. Hope we entertained you uh, with what we had to say, and hope we informed you a little bit with what we had to say as well. And maybe some of you who like Jabby, who didn't know what the Independent Spirit Awards were, now do, and maybe want to go explore it and see more about it, and maybe find new independent movies that you can watch before the end of the year. I want to thank Jabby for stopping by. Where can they find you, brother man? They can find me at. 
youtube.com slash get jab. I have a feeling that I'm going to be the butt of the joke in the comments. <laughs> not with this joke. I, I was very honest about not knowing about that stuff. It's, so, and I appreciate that because there's probably a lot of people that don't. Honesty. So yeah, respect, yeah. brother. But man. yeah, youtube.com slash get jabby or on Twitter at get jabby. There you go. Follow yeah. his stuff. It's so much fun. Jabby's, uh, I'm trying to trust me, one of the best dudes that I have come in contact with in this business. And I always love seeing him and talking with him. Uh, Jeff Snyder, where can they find you, my man? At the end, Snyder, on all platforms and not in the office after today. <laughs> Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Mwah. Go Patriots. You going to Boston? You going to Boston? That's right. Are you going to watch a Patriots game live while you're there? No, I'm not going oh, to okay. Maybe catch a Celtics game? I'm going to watch it with my niece on the couch. There you my go. My baby niece. Good job. Marlo. Good job. Shout out to Marlo there. Uh, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks to Adam Smith over there for switching through our madness. Thanks to Dorian for handling the chat. Thad Williams as well. Don't forget a live episode of Collider. Uh, Collider Live is coming up in about 10 minutes. And guess who's going to be on it? That's right. Me and Matt Nose, the top 10. We are coming in as guests with, uh, with uh, Mark Riley and host Dorina Arellano. We're going to have a lot of fun there talking about a bunch of stuff on Collider Live. So thanks so much for watching this episode. Enjoy your weekend. Don't forget about Mailbag this weekend and we'll see you back with Perry Nemiroff. Happy birthday again, Perry. 9 a.m. PT on Monday morning. Take care until then. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.